Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. I am here with Jessica today, as well as one of our EB Teachers Club members who has also taken our writing course all about the EBW approach, Melissa Nakamura. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course, we're so excited to have you here. Um, Jessica and I are just going to kind of ask you questions about narratives. If you've been listening to the podcast recently, you know we're on a narrative writing kick. We have a whole narrative training actually coming up at the end of June that we're going to talk about some of our most effective strategies for teaching narratives. And so we just really want to share your story with our listeners um, about what your experience taking our narrative writing course and how that's really kind of impacted your teaching. So we're excited to, to hear that from you. Me too. I'm excited. (laughs) Um, So before we dive into all of like the the questions about narratives, if you can give us a little bit of background information about you, where you're from, what grade level you teach, how long you've been teaching, you have a really unique story that I think is really cool. (laughs) Thanks. So um, I am a seventh and eighth grade self-contained teacher. So I teach a combo class. I actually have the same group of kids for two years in a row. I teach in rural Monterey County. And um, I legit teach at a red schoolhouse. Um, We have under 100 kids at our school. And um, so anyways, I have been working at this school for three years. Prior to that, I worked for a yearbook publishing company for six years. So I was still in the classroom. I was a yearbook teacher, essentially, at many different schools. And before that, I taught high school. Awesome. What, What grades in high school did you teach? I taught all grades because I was yearbook. I taught world history and I taught ELD and ESL. Wow. So you have a broad range of experience. Yes. (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's very cool. Um, And I love the red schoolhouse that you teach in. That's so unique. Very, very. When I rolled up for my interview, I was like, this is not real. (laughs) (laughs) I always think of the Sacramento. um, We took whenever our kid, when we we were in, I think fourth grade, when you study California history, we would go to Sacramento and there's a one room schoolhouse up there, you know, from a long time ago that's there for historical reasons. And I would always think it would be so cool to teach in a school like that. Yeah, you'll have to, next time you're in Monterey County, you'll have to drive by. It's adorable. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, Sold. My family actually has a family farm in North Dakota that we go visit. And there is an old one room schoolhouse on the property. And so I love taking my kids down there and I'm like, this is what school used to be like. Like there's still a chalkboard in there. Like it's so cool to go visit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Um, so Melissa, I just want to kind of dive right in then with your experience with narrative writing. We've been talking about it a lot on the podcast and we'd love for you to kind of share your experience with how you used to teach narrative writing, um, with your seventh and eighth graders. Yeah. So, um, probably like a lot of people who listen to the podcast before your EB academics club, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. which is a lifesaver. I pieced together all kinds of stuff and it was just a mishmash of, oh, this is really cool. I want to try this. And just really me creating and implementing bits and pieces that I found or collected along my years of teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually I would always, before you guys, um, I would always start with like a creative writing prompt and then morph that into a narrative. Um, And it was kind of a mess. (laughs) 
And um, it, for me, I always felt like it needed more focus and needed more organization. Um, but I really focused on more mini lessons mm-hmm. um, because of my approach. So it was just kind of a mishmash. And, all and what, what type of writing did your students produce then? Were you like impressed with it or was it like, oh gosh, like we still have more work to do and we need to now go back and edit and you know. Absolutely. I always felt like they were really excited. I always got the buy-in, but then when I would read them, I would be like, oh, I want more. I have higher expectations and, you know, I just always wanted them to be able to take it to the next level. And I think a lot of that was my confidence too. Like I didn't necessarily have the proper resources to do that. For sure. Did you experience? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Caitlin. Just narrative writing is hard because it is this creative type of writing, right? And so it's kind of, there's no formulaic approach per se, right? You would think to teaching it. And so I think that makes it difficult for us as teachers. Sometimes when we are teaching this type of writing, you don't want to constrain kids because it's supposed to be this creative experience for them. But at the same time, when you just don't have a clear guideline or foundation for them, it's all over the place and they produce all kinds of crazy things that could be fantastic if we had a way to like rein it in a little bit and organize it and structure it differently. Right. Right. And I think teaching middle school in particular, I mean, their imagination will run wild. And so to have that structure, it's like, no, no, I want these wild ideas, but I want to make it more academic too. Mm -hmm. So Totally. Yeah. Jess, did and, you have something else you wanted to add? Well, yeah, I was just curious if you had like the variety of narratives that get produced. You know, you have those kids who write like 10 pages and you're like, oh my gosh, like oh. we need to end this versus, okay, I'm done. I have a paragraph. I told my whole narrative. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had the range. I had mm-hmm. the range, like exactly what you described. I had the kid that was done in two paragraphs and I had the girl that I'm like, I'm not going to read your 23 pages. I'm it's sorry. always a girl, isn't it? Always. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and it was heartbreaking to me too. Cause I'm like, Oh, if we could just like have you two like get together, like, like <laughs> perfect. Like, <laughs> totally. So, um, so yeah. So in exactly what you just described, that's why I was really needing something to revamp my, my narrative writing approach. Yeah. And so you got access to our, how to teach narrative writing course when you became an EB teachers club member, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I was so excited. Um, and because of the way my class is set up, we alternate every year. That way we don't have to teach seventh and eighth at the exact same time. And so for me, I do narrative writing every other year. And so it was like this perfect, oh, that's awesome. Perfect timing for me. And so I was so excited. And um, yeah, exactly what you said. It showed up in my EB Teachers Club. And I was like, yes, I can't use (laughs) it. Well, I seem really happy. I'm glad that it was perfect timing for you. Um, Mm -hmm. And the narrative course is really fun for us to put together too, because it was a challenge, you know, thinking about, okay, how are we going to most effectively help teachers teach narratives? And so I would love to know, you know, what was it like for you going through the program, but then also what was the implementation and what was the result for your students? Like, what did you see as the progression from, from the course? Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting timing wise. I feel like your guys' club is a lot like what I'm doing with distance learning right now. And I loved the tutorial videos and walking through each, um, 
handout or worksheet or scenario, like that's definitely me. I'm the pe person in staff meetings and PDs that are like, but what about this? And so um, I felt like those videos really helped me prepare for the what ifs and, oh, here's something else you could try. Um, but at the same time, I felt like your guys's instruction enabled me to still infuse me and how I teach and I'm a middle school teacher, so I get a little wacky and go over the top. And I'm going to share one of my stories with you guys later on. So I really liked it. And it was very organized and short, sweet, and simple. I didn't feel like I had to invest a whole day to walk through the narrative program. And I really enjoyed that. For sure. That's great. And because that is key, right? Timing is, we don't have a lot of it, especially right now, if you have kids, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic while we are <laughs> recording this episode. And it is like, time is very valuable commodity. Um, and so we did set it up that intentionally that way to make it approachable for teachers. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, you can do this. It's not going to take a ton of time, but you are going to see amazing results. And so I'd love for you to talk kind of about that. Like, what did you see then in your students writing from, you know, implementing all of the strategies and the way that we suggest that we teach narratives to our middle schoolers? Yeah. So, um, I actually used another resource from you guys. Um, the, my name narrative mm -hmm. at the beginning of the school year. So that was my first sampling of this particular group's narrative writing skills. So I had a baseline going in. I actually didn't start the narrative writing unit until December. Um, and so then it, I saw a huge improvement. Some of the things that I really was stoked about was the dialogue improved. Um, just the organization and like thought process of why the events happen the way they do and stronger sentences. Those were the biggest improvements for me. And I just walked away being like patting myself. Right. Okay. It's like happy teacher it. moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's cool. Um, I loved it. Awesome. And they did too. Oh, well, that's wonderful. I mean, that's what we want out of all of it, right? To kids, to have the buy-in, like you said earlier, to be hooked, but then to love the whole process of writing. Absolutely. That's important. So what would you say then it was your biggest takeaway? You mentioned some of the things your students improved on, but what did you enjoy teaching the most with narratives? Was it like leads, endings, uh, the mentor text, like anything? <laughs> Yeah, so my absolute favorite part of your guys' unit, and it was just such an aha, like, duh, why wasn't I doing this, was the mentor text picture books. And I actually went to school to be an elementary school teacher, so I nice. love to infuse, like, elementary moments. Mm -hmm. And so I, I taught it in December, and our December here in California was just gloomy and yucky. So for me, I would actually have my class gather around me in my big reading chair and I would read the book like a kindergartner teacher would. Oh my gosh, those kids ate it up. <laughs> but my favorite, that. yeah, and I would have like the YouTube fireplace on. Oh my, my gosh, screen. I did that too. I love it. Yeah, so I milked it. And yes. You know, middle school kids, they eat that up. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, if we're leaning in, we're going all the way. Right. And so. And I loved how there was for each component, there was some kind of picture book and it was a great hook. Right. But with that, the kids constantly would refer back to those books for mentor texts. And I loved it and I saw them use it. And particularly with the leads point of mm -hmm. view and closing, oh my gosh, like they were phenomenal. So um, fun. 
Yeah. I, I just, that was my favorite part of your curriculum. Mm-hmm. And I know it's so simple, but at the same time, it's just because of the way I set up my curriculum before I would have not, I would have never done that. And I right. just really appreciate you guys for putting that out there. Oh, oh I'm so, so glad. Well, I, so I want to just let our listeners know what Melissa's talking about. You know, part of the way that we approach teaching narratives is through many lessons focused on things like leads or dialogue transitions. But we suggest that you use children's books as mentor texts to teach each specific type of component of narrative. And so we have a whole list for, you know, each component that you're going to be teaching leads. These are all of the picture books that we suggest for you to choose from that really have great types of leads to help you teach your kids this concept. Um, And so I love that too. And I think that it's just such a special thing because beyond just the concepts that we're teaching our kids, there's so much to be learned in children's books and from the messages and especially the ones that we've included, I think are just so wonderful for kids to just hear anyways, you know? Yeah. I love that you had that like community building experience with it, you know, like what a side benefit of using those mentor texts. So yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun. And I mean, I would even, because I'm a middle school teacher, the drama is all about, you know, how you present hookups. (laughs) So I would just put my little bitmoji sitting in a chair with a book and they would know, they'd be like, we're going to read a picture book today, you know, and they so fun. And, um, I know, I, I can't remember if this was part of your curriculum, but you guys just really got my wheels turning with the picture mm-hmm. books. But one thing I did at the end for the closing, um, for the ending of the narratives is I laid all the different books out that you guys had and I had them do like a scavenger hunt and identify what what, what type of lead, what type of ending. Brilliant. And they went wild. They loved it. And it was so much fun. Oh, that's I awesome. Bet. What a great way to wrap up the unit. We should add that to the course, Jess. I know. I like <laughs> it. I like that Inspiring idea. Us. <laughs> it was super fun. And I had all the books because I went to the library and got them. So it was mm-hmm. great. And it was just a great resource to have readily available for the kids. So when they were struggling, when I would do my mini one-on-ones with the kids about the writing, I would be like, oh, you know, do you think there's a picture book you could check out to see? Yeah. And they would be like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was And it helps great. with it their was- writer's block, right? Like it just gives them that little push of, oh yeah, here's a spark of an idea. Absolutely. And I really appreciate you guys inspiring me for that Aww. too. I loved it. Well, thanks, Thank Melissa. <laughs> So I have one more question for you. And then we have our quick fire questions at the end. And as I'm asking this question, my dog just went underneath my desk and got all kinds of paper and he's ripping it up in the background oh, while no. we're recording right now. So if you hear weird noises, that's what's happening. That would be Charlie. Um, so if someone who's listening to this doesn't feel confident teaching narratives and you know maybe they are right now where you were before going through our program, you know, what would you tell them about our approach to teaching narratives and the way that we teach this? Yeah. So for me, I, and I, and I have told other people about this is one thing for me is it's organized and it's logical. So Mm -hmm. it's not like, Oh, you need to do this and this and this and this. It's just, okay, we're going to take it one step at a time. And at the end, you're going to see results. And it's true. It's really easy to implement and it's rigorous, but it's engaging. So, and I think it's for both the teacher and the student. And so for me, I think your guys' approach are those things, organized, logical, easy to implement, and rigorous. And I really saw results, and I think others will too. Oh, that's great. Thank, and that's that's like our rallying cry is rigor mm-hmm. and engagement. So you just hit the nail on the head. So thank you for <laughs> saying that. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Do you have anything else that you want to say before we go into the five questions that you want to add that we didn't get a chance to ask you at all? Um, I am just so excited that you guys put this club together. I know that the end of the month and the beginning of the month is always my highlight because I'm like, oh, my new bundle's coming out. I can't wait. <laughs> and um, even though some of, I haven't used all of them, but the ones that I do, I'm like, yes, I'm so pumped on it. And I hope everybody has an opportunity to experience that excitement. Oh, thank you. Thank you. you. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to ask you five quick fire questions. Jess, if you, do you know, do you remember any of them? Oh or gosh, Okay. So we're relying on me. Feeling. No, it's yeah. fine. I think I'll remember all of them. I normally have my piece of paper, but my, my life is a disaster. So it's fine. Um, so the first question is if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? I want to go to New York city. Um, I know that's crazy since we're in the middle of this <laughs> pandemic, but, um, I just recently got married and we were supposed to take our honeymoon this summer mm. to New York city. So, and it's someplace I've never been and just, Oh, I want to go. Well, it'll be a magical either. experience when you do get to go. Yes. Yes. We'll go. <laughs> yes. The suspense continues to build. <laughs> Maybe like a holiday trip. That's when I've always wanted to go. Like in the winter time. time. Yeah. <laughs> With all the lights when it's freezing. Yeah. <laughs> um, very cool. I like that answer. Most people say, a lot of people have said Italy. So um, I like New York just to, you know, visit a place in America. I feel like I don't travel very much here. We should. Yeah. There's so many cool cities here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so the next question is, what is the most recent book that you've read? Okay. So the most recent book I just read is How to Break Up with Your Phone. I love um, the title. <laughs> yeah. It's a quick little short book, but um, I read it right before we went in school closure. Uh-huh. Um, so I haven't used any of the skills I learned about in there. <laughs> right. um, uh, since basically we're all home glued to our phones and devices, <laughs> but it was really eye-opening just like to lean off of our devices. And I think that that's a root of a lot of stress and anxiety and it's, we don't even realize it. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. a great read and it's a quick read. Sounds like I'm going to, I should add it to something I need to do. <laughs> How to break up with your phone. Yeah. How to I'll break up it, with your phone. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes for everybody. So everyone okay. can read that book after the pandemic ends. Everyone will be like, get my device away from yes. me. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have an iPhone and the device like report on Sundays is like depressing to me. Oh, oh how much look. screen time? I know. And when it goes down a percentage, I'm like, good job. <laughs> yeah. Give myself a star. <laughs> totally. <laughs> All right. The next question is what is your favorite month? of the year? Uh, well, I'm going to have to say August because that's my birthday and it's usually the first day of school. So, Oh, and the first day of school is always so fun. Is, don't you love yes. going back to school? It's oh yeah. Time of year. <laughs> um, I heard a great quote a couple of years ago is that education should be a party. And so my first day of school, it's totally a party. I, I love that. I want to so. be in oh, your classroom. <laughs> oh, I love it. I go all out. I love the first day of school. So cool. That's great. So this next question is kind of hard. Some people get tripped up on it, um, but maybe you won't. What is um, your favorite thing to bring to school for lunch? Or eat at home now. Or eat at home now. Oh, you're in front of the Zoom camera. <laughs> um, so my favorite thing is carrots and hummus. Um, it's my, it's my go-to snack every break. I eat it and 
I'm kind of known for it at school. Like, oh, carrots <laughs> you don't get sick of it. You're just always the carrots, not like a cucumber or anything else. Huh? Oh, I'll get pretzels. You know, the flat pretzels. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Like, I will get those sometimes, but I try to like get my veggie in. So nice. Yes. Good for you. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last question is, if you weren't a teacher, what would you be? Okay. Um, so if I was not a teacher, I would be a stay at home dog mom. No, um, <laughs> Same. probably I would I'd love to be a makeup artist. Oh, I know people can't see you right now, but you really do have good totally. makeup. Your eyebrows <laughs> I look great. Right My eyebrows do not Thank look good you. right now in this pandemic. <laughs> Your eyebrows are on point. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. You could definitely have a career there. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. Well, those those are the four five questions. So you did a good job. Awesome. <laughs> I liked your answers. Very nice. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for joining us, Melissa. This was so much fun. You were a joy to talk to. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a great conversation to have on a Saturday morning together right. while we record. <laughs> thank you for having me. I was so excited to be invited. Awesome. Well, we will see everyone on the podcast next week. We're going to be talking more about narratives. We have a great narrative writing training coming up for you on June 25th. I think Jessica is the first one. We have a couple different dates to choose from. We will include the link for you to sign up in the show notes. Uh, So you can go ahead and grab your spot. It's totally free. We're going to talk all about narratives, you know, the approach that we use, the strategies that we teach and how you can help your students move to become incredible authors of creative writing pieces through our approach. So we'll see you guys next week on the podcast. Have a wonderful day.